welcome to the Mark West Sports Podcast. This is the Mark West Sports Podcast, where we give you that real sports talk from a Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach County perspective. It's South Florida all day over here. So, uh, Wes, just... It's been a crazy uh, a weekend in, in, in sports as usual, uh, even though it's like a downtime. Um, probably it's probably the most downtime in sports uh, because, you know, no hockey, uh, no uh, NBA is, is, is winding down, uh, no football yet. And um, but, you know, before we even get into all the sports topics, uh, let's talk about something that we should have talked about the last time. Uh, with Haiti, man, like Haiti, unfortunately, uh, had their president assassinated, uh, which was, you know, kind of crazy deal. A uh, bunch of guys from, you know, some from America, some from, I heard, Colombia, Dominican Republic, uh, came and ran up in his house and shot and killed his uh, the president of Haiti and also shot uh uh, his wife as well uh, as, far, as far as I understand she survived so you know just when, when you heard the news Wes just kind of tell me what, what you thought and you know what your thoughts are about this whole situation uh, with Haiti getting their president uh, assassinated uh you know when I heard that you know you know I had my mom blowing up my phone I had a few people blowing up my phone did you see what's on the news I'm like what you feel me um, and it was telling me Haiti president just got shot and killed um, overnight in Haiti. And I was like, what? You got presidents getting assassinated at this day and time right now? Like, that doesn't even make any sense for me. You know, um, I kind of was like, you know, because uh, I seen a documentary like probably a few days prior, um, you know, just basically like, you know, going going on seeing what's good with Haiti. Because, you know, my parents normally go to Haiti and they stay there for like a month. Now. They got like three, four houses in Haiti. And, you know, out of all the years, they chose not to go the last maybe two years. And they normally go like, you know, twice or three times a year. And they normally stay for like a month. So for, for, for them telling me like, you know, I don't want to go to Haiti. You know, I asked my mom, you know, because, you know, me, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Our parents probably knew a little bit more of what's really going on in Haiti than us because we're, it's like we're Americanized. You feel me? We're, we're Zoes, but we're Americanized. So um, when my parents said it's crazy in Haiti and this, that, and the other, you know, I did my research, you know, um, and it, it, it was crazy that it happened, but it didn't shock me that it happened because from what I um, get from the situation is was he, he, he basically did, he wound up being president and he didn't have the, um, the popularity of the actual um, island behind him. It's basically like he was appointed um, by the United States, which is another um, topic that that kind of um, we need to jump on because my whole thing is if you're in your own country, like who who are you, United States, to be appointing um, presidents and they're their own, you know, island, they're on their own wait, state. Wait, wait. Just, just to clarify, you're saying so the United States appointed him as president, so they didn't have like a a, a vote. They had they had a. They had a vote, but from what I understand is he came in as third and normally the runoff is the first two. And um, Haiti, uh, not Haiti, but the United States uh, or 
they found a way to convince them to have um, the third guy, which is the president that got assassinated recently, to be part of the runoff, and he wind up winning. And, you know, of course, you know, when it comes to, you know, voting in these third world countries or countries in general, you know, there's always um, the thought of fraud and, and people lying and this, that, and the other. And for, for, for me, you know, if I'm a country, I want to stand on my own. It's like kind of like the United States is the big brother and Haiti is the, 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 the little brother and you're telling me what to do, you know. And, and I don't think that, that, you know, when you have another country um, giving their um, thoughts, not just their thoughts, but, you know, really mingling in the politics of the other country is probably not going to be as successful as we wanted to. But but um, again, at the end of the day, you know, I seen what happened. Um, like you said, um, you had a few individuals from South Florida, you know, matter of fact, like the other day you had like a, a speaker, or I'm not sure exactly who he was. He got arrested. You got other few people that arrested from Venezuela, some from the Dominican Republic and other countries. Um, and the crazy thing is the, the the people that actually assassinated him was the individuals that was there to protect him, you know, because, you know, once I found out, you know, that he got killed, I'm like, it had to be an inside job. And I'm pretty sure you was thinking the same thing as this, like, because, like, again, how yeah. do presidents get assassinated in this day of time? And um, I guess it was his security team that actually assassinated them. And from what I'm hearing is that, you know, the United States had a hand in. Um, providing that security team. So um, going back to what I was saying before, you know, it's just is a whole bunch of, you know, smoke and you don't know exactly who to actually believe from the documentary that I actually seen. You know, you had an individual, somebody, they call him barbecue. Um, he basically burned individuals. And But the crazy thing is um, I, the doc, documentary that I seen on Vice um, he he basically went in the hoods that they're saying that he did all these atrocities and this, that, and the other, and the people were standing with him, you know. Um, there was like, he, from his old mouth, he was like, how can I kill and do certain things from the same people that, in the same neighborhood that I came from, you know, and um, for myself, um, I can't even much be in this city um, if it was like, you know, I would have to be the worst um, devil or um, individual in the world to to do certain things like that, you right. know? And from what I was seeing, you know, he was like embraced. And from what I understand is he united like seven or nine gangs. And you gotta understand, you're not gonna get changed without without force. You know, people don't just give up power, you know, because, oh, it's the right thing to do. That's not, that's not how it normally goes. You know, normally things change with wars and with civil wars and certain things like that. So for me to see like somebody like myself and yourself just in Haiti, um, reuniting the gangs and, you know, certain things like, you know, when we say down here, you know, if you um, united the gangs in, in the United States, like the Bloods, the, blood, the Crips and certain things like that, and, and, and us as Black people would be um, one, um, it would be kind of crazy for us to, um, you know, think that um, wherever they're thinking about is not going as planned or is not going as um, what the rest of the world would want to actually happen. So again, you know, again, normally, like I said, people that 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 have the power, they're gonna throw salt on people's name. From like a, what I said, you know, I seen the documentary. They paint a bad picture on him, but I'm 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 seeing what 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 the actual ground people are actually saying. The um, the the civilians that live in Haiti, and and but again, going back to the president being killed, 
it's just unfortunate. But for me, my my whole stand is I don't think democracy can actually work in Haiti, you know, because, you know, the the, the great times supposedly, of course, you know, you have bad times also. But the great times and when Haley was flourishing, supposedly, because, again, I'm only going on uh, what I hear because I'm not there. You know, the best times was when they had um, the president, Papa Doc or Divalier. Um, and, and I seen a documentary, you know, painting both sides um, with him. But again, regardless of the fact, I think that um, um, the Haitian um, people and the Haitian uh, um, um, politicians need to figure that out themselves and not um, have um, other entities, the United States and certain other countries, China, you know, um, putting their, their two cents in. You may, you can be advisors, but um, if you're my advisor, if Mark is my advisor, he's going to advise me on certain things. And it's me as a person, um, if I'm going to go ahead and take his advice or go in another direction, you know? So I really feel as um, this country right now, our country right now, our parents' countries right now is kind of crazy right now. But it's funny that um, I think I sent you and um, Chris a, a, um, um, a text message showing that um, certain countries or certain presidents that wind up denying the COVID vaccine um, wind up getting killed, you know, like, or getting assassinated or cardiac arrest. Like me, for me, is coincidences aren't coincidences for me. And then I'm also seeing what's going on in Cuba right now. Um, hey, it is what it is. We'll, we'll jump into Cuba, like, after this topic. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, let me let me chime in on that, be, on, on this, before we go into Cuba. But, yeah, I mean, I, I may say something that may, uh, people might not like here, um, but I think, yeah, Haiti, right? The first Black Republic, first country to, you know, gain their independence. But to me, they're, they're one of the worst, country, worst run countries since I want to say the 80s, because, you know, to piggyback off what you said about Papa Doc, things were good during those times. Those were like the, uh, I think it was like the 60s, actually. Yeah, the 70s is when it started to turn because of his son, his son, Baby Doc. And it was still under a dictatorship at that time, you know, so, you know, it all really depends on who the ruler is. And I don't think it really depends on dictatorship or democracy. I think it doesn't matter. Either way, Haiti just does not work politically for some reason. And yeah, there's a lot of different factors. And I, I used to, I actually been to Haiti. And when I went there, I did my research um, about what happened. And, and it's sad because uh, they were a flourishing company, uh, a country. <laughs> I mean, you, you might as well call it a company because they were producing a lot of stuff, including like coffee, sugarcane, rice, you know, all kinds of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, everybody, all these big countries started wanting a little piece of that. And then they were, were owed uh, France uh, money. So they had to pay that money back or whatnot. So this is a country that just can't, get on their feet for some reason. Um, and it's sad because obviously, you know, we're of Haitian descent. We're born here in the United States. But, you know, I consider myself Haitian um, because that's the culture in which I grew up in. 
but it's sad because you know my 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 old heads have, have always been talking about how the country is messed up you know it was only like there's some times there was like a moment during Aristide where it was all right and there was a moment where where um when sweet mickey was the president when it was all right <laughs> you know to kind of go there and come back but now it's it's going back it's like a it's like an ongoing circle with Haiti but basically what i say would would what would offend people is that it's almost like you know like a kid like leaves the house right a kid leaves the house and say hey i'm just gonna live out on my own and then once they live out on their own they realize okay i can't do this on my own i need to come back to the crib you know come back to the og and the old boy and so i can get back on my feet because you got into some trouble i feel like that's exactly what haiti has gone through like they left you know, uh, France's rule took over them, you know, you know, murdered a bunch of, uh, of the French army to have be there. Have they, that? though, because after they got, they supposedly got their freedom, like, if we beat Napoleon and, 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 and other entities um, back when, you know, um, Dessalines and, and um, um, Toussaint, you know, actually had the re a revolution, how are you paying these same people for your freedom so it's like you was never free you was free right for, you know what i'm saying so yeah so I, I, yeah I, I definitely feel like yeah. that, that they were they were definitely never free i mean if you i mean i think the bible actually says if you uh owe a debt to someone you are a slave to that debt you know what i'm saying so yeah i think i think haiti believe it or not needs to be taken over by another country and because obviously Haiti can't get it right, unfortunately. You know, I'm gonna repeat what I said since you left for a second. Yeah, but I, I heard you might have to run back. Like, what you think they need to be ran by another country? I, I feel like they 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 need to be run by another country. You know, I'm not sure if it needs to be United States or I need or it needs to be France or anything like that. But I think another country needs to take over this country and build a strong infrastructure. They don't have a strong infrastructure. They don't have strong pol um, politics going on. So like, if you can't do it yourself for all this time, it, then somebody needs to take over. It's almost like a business that is falling apart, right? What, what do you do? You either sell the business, let somebody else take over, or somebody else comes in at, and, and becomes the new CEO and runs it how it's supposed to be run. Now, I'm not saying go back to slavery, obviously. I'm not saying go back to, you know, um, you know, maybe a dictatorship. I mean, dictatorship, I mean, it works in some countries. It, it doesn't work in most countries because people don't like to be told, you know, basically how much they can, you know, buy and, and what, what they can do or whatnot. So, yeah, I feel like Haiti needs to be taken over by another country because they can't for all these years they can't get it right now they're you know if you're saying if what you're saying is true and their own security was in on the assassination then your country is in shambles right well, now who gave them security that that i don't know i mean that they, i mean they, it's, they it's, i mean i'm sure there's other conspiracy theories out there of who you know, gave them the okay to do that, but like something needs to be done. And I, I just don't have any trust in the country doing it on their own. Me personally, that's where we kind of disagree on a topic, you know, because I really don't feel like 
Haiti should be ran by another country. I feel like they should be advised by multiple countries. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think that they should be ran by another country because when you give other people power, do they really want to give it back? And if you're thinking about it, you know, from, you know, different documents that I've actually read on and actually watched, you know, they're saying that they consider Haiti the poorest country in, you know, um, I guess in the Caribbean, supposedly. In the Western um, in the Western Hemisphere, but from my understanding is Haiti is one of the richest countries in the Western Hemisphere as far as with the oil that they actually have. And I'll give you an example. They tell um, the documentary that I actually seen, they said we have more oil than like the Middle East. We have more oil than like Venezuela. They basically said like, um, the United, not the United States, but Haiti's um, um, Olympic pool is, you know, matter of fact, from Venezuela's and, and Iraq and the Middle East's glass of water is not compared to the Olympic pool of oil that Haiti has. So when I think about certain things like that, this, this is a perfect perfect uh, way to destabilize a country. You, do, you definitely don't wanna give that black nation that power. Cause if we have all of that oil, you know what it is, you feel I me? Mean? You gonna have individuals wanting to fight us for that. You're wanting to, you're gonna have different um, countries and the way that we actually, you know, use our commerce and certain things like people won't, you see how they be waxing in Venezuela, waxing in Iraq and certain things like that. Um, we're in the Middle East for their oil. They can go ahead and get it from Haiti. You know, Haiti will be the world, one of the world powers, you know, and, and, and for him, for, for Haiti to go ahead and, and basically you know um conquer these nations again i know it's a different time because i'm pretty sure they went through guerrilla warfare right now i do not think guerrilla warfare will work now because again they have technology they could just bomb you and, and win like that they don't even need to put a force on ground over there but i really do think that haiti need to kind of figure it out themselves with advice at, at um, um advisory from other nations and 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 I'm not talking about the nations that normally have their their foot on your neck. And that's, you know, even though I live in the United States, you know, I'm going to side with our country, you know, because, again, the slave owner does not want to give power to the slave. And remember how back in the G or back in the days, how when a slave ran um, or when a slave wind up making it free or, or and got trying to make it free and came and got caught and came back. What did he do? He lined them in front of all of them, them, them other slaves um, and did what they had to do um, to them to basically instill that fear um, in the rest. And from for Haiti, you know, Haiti wind up giving the rest of these other black nations um, power, showing them like, yo, like you're over here trying to, um, you know, uh, basically, um, demand your will or impose your will on our lifestyle, on our religion, on everything that we stand for, why you just don't stand up? It's more of us than them. So so you gotta understand, I feel like um, that racism and, and, and that, that imposing will is still happening right now till this, till this day, you know, to Haiti. You know, they may make it seem like, like they for, they're for Haiti when in actuality, they're really not because we basically show the, the other individuals that look like me and you or close to 
um, that, that, that you don't need to be a slave. You don't need to have somebody telling you what to do or what not to do, because, you know, if you're thinking about, you know, a, a, a religious standpoint, forget whichever religion you're standing on, you know, God created us to be free. And, and again, you have other individuals that, that don't want um, certain things to, 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 to actually change because they got the actual power. So for me, I really feel like Haiti should go ahead and do it on their own, figure out a way to get that oil that we're talking about, you know, build your military. Let not me just ask you, how, how long have they known that they had that oil? I really think uh, it's, it's going to be bad for me to say this, but I think that our, our, our people are dumb. They, they like, I'm for real, like they, they're smart, but they're dumb because they're always following what outsiders are saying. You know what I'm saying? If you, and, and, and if they're saying that there's this oil and this, that, and the other, there's gold, all type of different things, then, you know, you should be trying to get that. But if you're a third world country, you don't have the technology to even pull that oil, to dig up that gold, to dig up certain things and valuables that, that is in your country. But again, it's just funny how, how all these things are happening to these nations that want to stand on their own. And then after the fact, we find out that uh, it was a lie. It was a rouge, and, and, and nothing happens to those individuals that did lie, and, and because you know, it's it's, it's a well-oiled machine when it comes to power. Individuals in power want to keep that power, and I mean, we're the number one nation in the world. Do you really think that we're trying to lose power to Russia or to Cuba or to Haiti? Those individuals that aren't in line with the same things and the same values that we have over here, even though I live over here. You know, I don't think that um, um, these slave owners or these pe people in position of power do want to give up that power. I don't think so. So what I'm saying is, how long have they known that they had that oil? I can't really say. I can't really say because, and if they did know that they had that oil, they still don't have the technology. They that's don't have. But that's my point, man. Like, if you know you have all these resources, and and I'm my guess is that they knew that they had these resources for a long time. You know, I, I'm at least 30 years. You know, that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking. They they knew they had these resources. You got all these resources besides oil. You got like I said, you got coffee, you got you got rice, you got you got other resources besides that. And mm -hmm. you as a country, still you can't build off of that. To me, you need to be run by somebody else, you know, you, because obviously you can't you can't run the country like uh yourself you know now i feel what you're saying where maybe they should be coming in as a consultant i'm not saying take full power of the country but like somebody else needs to come and run this because obviously you know there's been turmoil for forever ever since i was ever since you and i was a jit wasn't wasn't your parents always talking politics talking about how politics in haiti is is, is messed up if you turn on haitian radio right now it's been it's been like that Forever, like in the 90s, the early 2000s, if you turn on Haitian radio, what are they talking about? Politique, politics, all the time, mm -hmm. how it's messed up, you know, and how they want, how they need to change stuff and they, they need to change things around. When it was the early 90s or, or the 90s, they were run by a dictatorship by Cedras and 
that's when it was messed up. And they was like, no, we got to change it. And then they brought in Aristide. And then Aristide didn't really do much. <laughs> you know? The reason why, the reason why is you got to understand, like, I don't really think that it matters, like you said before, if it's a dictatorship or a democracy, if you have individuals that's willing to um, line their pockets with money and the goods that the, 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 the other nations are giving you to help uplift your country, then it doesn't matter if it's a democracy or a um, right. not a Republican exactly. or a communist or anything like that. So I really feel like, again, those are individuals that didn't eat for years. And finally, when they actually have um, that position to actually um, um, help the people, instead of helping the people, they help themselves and they help their families and they help their friends. You know what I'm saying? So I really think that's really the main problem with Haiti. And again, you know, if you're going to get, if you're going to, if you're going to go ahead and get a little money off it, I, I feel you. You feel me? Because that's just how certain people think. I wouldn't think like that. I wouldn't move like that, but I'm going to make sure that um, after my presidency or my family is well off and well good. But like, again, for, for me to see all these um, different countries giving us certain things and the infrastructure is still trash, you feel me? Like, you know, you got people still living in huts. You still don't have certain running water in certain neighborhoods. You still have people with with, with um, the roads all messed up and certain things like that. And then you have, on top of that, them cutting all the trees and people don't understand why you have all these uh, uh, mudslides and certain things like that because you don't have trees and certain things to actually absorb that water. It's like everything with Haiti is backwards. But again, at the end of the day, you can't have somebody like me and Marcus go over there to actually help because one, they won't trust us because we come from the United States. Right. Two, right. they'll probably try to kill us yeah. uh, because, you know, these individuals ransom do not- us, Ransom us for money uh, with our families back here. <laughs> exactly. So again, at the end of the day, like the only way I really feel like things will change if they change it with force. And sometimes you're gonna have some individuals that die. You're gonna have some individuals that have West in a bad light because it didn't um, align with their uh, way of living. I changed the way they live and certain things like that. But again, you will never know until you try it. And 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 like I said, when 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 Papa Doc was there, you know, people were scared of him. People didn't want no pressure with him. You know why? Because of the way that he actually ruled. But again. Like, I remember, like, if you had a horse and the horse used the bathroom on the street and you didn't pick it up as the horse owner, something would happen to you. You know, I don't know if you got killed, got arrested or certain things like that, but certain things actually happen to you. So um, I think that's the way that they're going to actually have to go back. And, mm -hmm. and again, you know, as far as Aristide, and I also seen something like um, this morning, Aristide thinking about coming back to Haiti and this and the other like when he was in office I heard bad things about him also so you know I heard the good and the bad and the force who, who actually appointed him the United States so I, I think the only way that you actually going to change things is if you have a president from that country a country a president for his people a president that is not soft and um another thing I heard that the reason why he actually got killed because you know um you had these different entities um, that that put him in position that he went against what they wanted him to do. You know, he, he, he was starting his own military, you know, rebuilding the military and certain things and this, that and the other. 
and and, and uh, you know that's kind of a conversation I have with y'all like yo like finesse them you feel I me mean? like you know uh, a few years you know you 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 working with the United States and other countries but again there's gonna actually have to have a date where like you're not part of this country you know so it is what it is hopefully it doesn't um, get worse I don't see anything happening better um anytime soon um but 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 you know um shout out to our brothers in, in haiti because i have family still there you know my mom you know I'm, you know my mom had properties over there you know and, and um you know you got to understand when 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 people are fighting for power you know the weak are going to suffer even more and and that's exactly what it looked like is happening right now yeah, Haiti, Haiti, what they really need to concentrate on, and this is going to be my last point on this, uh, is that they need to concentrate on tourism. Because, you know, there's there's many third world countries that are kind of, um, you know, not as economically equipped as, as you know, other, you know, major countries, but they're still able to flourish. Uh, they're still able to have a strong, you know, um, infrastructure because, I mean, look, I mean, places like Jamaica and then the Bahamas, you know, they. Yeah, no, because when I went to Jamaica a few years back, you feel me? Guess who has like control in Jamaica? Chinese have they, like their roads, their their buses, their like everything is kind of like Chinese. I'm like, Damn, like I could have sworn I was in Jamaica. You feel me? Yeah, you know, it's Jamaicans. But again, they have you know, these other entities better you know, embedded in their, in their um, society, which is not always a good thing. What is better infrastructure than Haiti is what I'm saying. Yeah. And if they need Chinese people, if, if Haiti needs Chinese people to take over Haiti and, and make, you know, buses and, and highways and stuff like that, then that's what needs to happen, you know? And that, that's my point. They, they need to really concentrate on tourism, um, in different parts of the country to build economic wealth in the country to, to start to build things and have a strong military and all of that. Because, you know, if it keeps it going the way it is, ain't nothing going to get better, like you said. But anyways, we'll move on to the next topic. I mean, to, to me, Cuba? well, Cuba, man, is a whole nother issue, man, to me. I mean, um, I don't really have a lot of feelings about it. Um, because, I mean, they, they have been in dictatorship for who, 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 who knows how long. And, but what the things are happening are, are kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, they're not kind of sad. They are sad as far as, you know, I, I feel like the, the police and the military are just, you know, randomly killing people and just doing stuff like that. I mean, I, ha I don't really have an opinion on what to do about Cuba because you know United States hasn't had the best relationship with Cuba it, it just started really having a relationship I, I believe under Obama they finally started to have some kind of relationship where uh, Americans can just go over there so I have no idea what's, what's what has has triggered what's going on right now um I just you know hope that things get better um but I have no idea I and, and I, I'm not privy to really what what is causing this this um this uh all these happenings uh going on over there and i'm not sure exactly what, what the solution is well me personally like you know i have no solution to that also but again you know you have um protests happening you know the 826 being blocked and this that, and the other 
I don't understand how, you know, I understand the protesting, but I don't understand how the Cubans expect, you know, regular Americans, myself, yourself, people are getting, um, getting pissed off at the protest because it's affecting their lives. I mean, like, what, what protesting on the A26 is going to do for you personally, for me? Like, if you're going to protest, protest at the White House, White House where I, I did see yesterday they were doing, protest at, at, at government establishments. Don't protest and affect, you know, the, the normal or the regular Joe Smo that doesn't know what's going on in your country because you're people like me going to be like, ah, look at these motherfuckers. They done, they done did this and and it's inconveniencing me. Like, why am I getting inconvenienced because you're protesting? You feel me? Especially when me getting home later is not going to affect your cause. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and, and there's another thing, you know, like you also, you always got to know that, you know, the reason why United States don't really want no pressure with Cuba is because like they have an alliance with, with, with these communist um, nations, especially Russia. And Miami's like, look, if they was to set off a bomb or a rocket to, you know, hit us, you know, like it'll get here in like 15, 20 minutes. There won't be no chance, you know, for, for us to even try to prepare for it. Um, in regards to uh, um, Cuba, you know, um, I think I think um, Fidel Castro had the right mind in the beginning. But again, like like I said before, with Haiti, you know, power corrupts. You know, when people start seeing certain money, it corrupts. In the beginning, he probably was for his people, but then after he wound up getting power, that wound up changing, and he was lining his pockets and lining his family pockets with with you know future wealth, generational wealth. You know, so so. Um, it's hard for me to kind of figure out what's going on or what's really going on in, in Cuba because they really doesn't they really don't have no contact with the United States like that besides with the with the um, individuals that, that have family members in Miami or other parts of the country are telling them, you know, but you gotta understand there's always two sides to a story, you know. Um, I don't know. Um, hopefully, hopefully they figure this out. But me, um, they have a better situation than Haiti, I'll tell you that, you know, um, like just looking at Cuba, you know, Cuba looks better than Haiti. Haiti just looks run down and, you know, the buildings look like, you know, like these individuals don't know what they're doing as far as with infrastructure. So, you know, yeah, I'm not saying that y'all well off, because definitely y'all not, you know, y'all like, y'all ran by a communist um, um, country. But again, like if you look at, Haiti and you look at Cuba, I think Haiti got it worse because again, what they say, we're the poorest country in the Western hemisphere. I would think that the United States and other countries will want to help that country first, you know, but again, I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not from Cuba. I don't have no family members that's Cuban. I only can really speak on what's going on in Haiti, but it's real unfortunate that you guys are still suffering through all this heartache, through years and years of suffering. But again, I'm gonna go ahead and have my heart with the Haitian people first. So I seen um, SOS Cuba, SOS Haiti, you know, SOS Haiti and SOS Cuba, but Haiti for different di different points. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, um, as far as Cuba is concerned, Cuba, Cubans have, have always been more accepted into this country than Haitians. So I'm already have feelings about that. 
you know, and, you know, yeah, things are going bad in Cuba right now, but how long have things been going bad in Haiti? We've just been talking about it, you know? So, I mean, I understand all that, but what's, like what you said, what is protesting, like, say, if we protested in hate, uh, for Haiti, what is that going to really do? You know, I mean, if we started the protest on 95 uh, for, for Haiti, like, I don't really see that really making a real change, you know, like, so I totally, totally agree with the inconvenience and all of that. But anyways, um, that's all I'm gonna say on that. Uh, I'm gonna transition to a sport that is very popular in those countries and that's soccer, which also has some political uh, things going on this uh, week with, uh, we, we all know the, the Euros, the Euros um, came to an end. And um, I don't know if y'all saw the game, but Italy was against, uh, uh, against England it came down to penalty kicks, you know, when it goes to overtime and, it, and you're still tied, it's still tied 1-1, I believe, and it goes to penalty kicks. And the the penalty kicks uh, actually uh, came down to some, some well-known players on England who happen to be Black, okay? And these Black players missed the penalty kick. You know, they missed their penalty kick. One one guy, you know, I'm, I'm wearing a Manchester United shirt right now because I, I, I like that team because, you know, they are very, they're a very diverse team. You know, that's where um, David Beckham used to play and, and a lot of other great players, whatever. Um, but as soon as they missed those kicks, bro, I knew that there was going to be some racial stuff going on <laughs> because like I said, England is like the Dallas Cowboys of, um, of soccer and they were finally in a final. So the, there's all this pressure. And I knew like when it came down to the penalty kicks, I knew I was like, the pressure is going to be too much for these guys to just, you know, um, to, to, to get these penalty kicks in, in the back of the net. So three young players, they're young superstars in their own right, but they're young players, you know, they're all in their early 20s, you know, and they all miss the penalty kicks and Italy ends up winning the Euros. So of course, after that, you know, all of this racial hate comes onto these players you know, they're calling them monkeys on social media, bananas and stuff like that, telling them to go back to Nigeria. And they're from England. They're born in England. Obviously, they're playing for England. And they're telling them to go back to Nigeria, go back to Africa. So I bring this up because this was a big story. And then one of the players, Marcus Rashford, who plays for Manchester United, is big on giving back to the community you know, and he's always been about racial equality from the jump, you know, way before all of this, he was one of the, one of the, you know, biggest, um, you know, uh, uh, adversary or advocates when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Um, so he was just, um, he actually had a mural of, uh, they had a mural of him in England. So they like vandalized the mural you know, and then, but people came out and they supported him and they blocked it all. And, and, you know, they, they, they changed it up and they put like, you know, uh, words of encouragement for him. 
but I bring this up because it, it, it's a story and it's a story that continues to be the world story. And the world story is it's racist, <laughs> you know, like exactly. no matter no matter how good you are or how or how great you are, they're always going to look at when you do something bad because these players are like I said, they're, they're great players in their own right. They're young superstars in their own right. And they're praised when they do something good. But as soon as you do something bad, oh, you you a black person or you a gorilla, you this or you that, you the N-word, you know? Like, it, it's just an ongoing story that will, it seems like it will never end. Like every time there's a situation like this, we're often reminded that this world is not, it's not, you know, flowers and dandelions. It, it's, it's not that at all. It's a bunch of people who only care about you because you're wearing the shirt. You know, as soon as you take the shirt off, you just, you just the N-word. You're just a nigga like what, what Jay, Jay-Z said, you know, in his, in his song, um, Story of OJ. So, yeah, I think it's just a reminder to, to, to all of us who are Black, who who, uh, you know, you, you just need to be reminded that um, no matter how big you get or, or how famous or how charitable you are, peop- certain people are always going to look at you a certain way. And as soon as you do something bad, they will find a way to throw that mud in your face exactly. and pour you down. Yeah, you know, going back to what you were saying as far as like... Um you have these countries that, that uh, you know, show their true colors. Let's just say what it is. You know, racism, you can't not hide racism. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. You know, look, look what happened with the former owner of the Clippers, you know, and how he was actually speaking, you know. People are gonna tell the real, you know, when they're not being recorded, when they're in the comforts of their homes, or when they're in a sporting event or certain things like that. You even seen like um, when, when we was coming back, um, the NBA was coming back and we had our, our own players um, getting de- um, dealing with, um, I wouldn't say probably racism, I don't know, or just being people just not knowing how to stay in their own lane. You know, um, again, when it comes to, to, to the uh, mural, um, I seen that mural that actually got vandalized and then you had the community over there. Um, they kind of put certain things around it, blocking the hate messages that was from there. But again, you know, I like to get reminded about, you know, that all the time because, um, you know, you have individuals that, that, that they, the only time they care about you if you win, when you're doing something for them. People got to understand it's just a game like that. Like a game doesn't necessarily change anything that's happening in reality. It makes you people play baseball, football and sports and soccer, you know, to 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 not have to deal with um, whatever's happening in the world. But when you bring that to the actual stadium, you know, uh, um, I can't knock you for it, you know, because that's how you feel. It's just unfortunate that. People still think like that, but you got to understand, like when you talk about Europe, you know, they you have a lot of countries that aren't for black people um, in the United States, even. And, and we're considered a, the number one country in the, in, in the world. And 
you know, um, people still, you know, um, actually do the certain things. I mean, you have people in California supposedly getting hanged. I think, you know, the last few years, you know, a few people got hung in California or other states. You know, I may be wrong with the state, but I think it was California. And Missouri. Oh, but you see what I'm saying? You yeah. know, it doesn't change. Someone else not, not gonna like me because of my hair. They're already not gonna like me because of my skin. And I do not want people like me and you, people that look like us to forget that, you know, because you have a lot of people that think that is happy-go-lucky and, you know, there's flowers and daisies just, we're just, you know, in awe of, of uh, racism being, dismantled or stopped. No, we have racism in our police force. We have racism in other countries. We have racism when it comes to how you treat us. When it have racism, as far as like if Marcus wanted to buy a house, um, he's going to get a higher rate than probably Christian because Christian looks white, but he's not, you know. Um, I still think he black, you know. I seen the picture of his family and his grandma. Everybody in that damn picture was black. His mom was the uh, was the light-skinned one. So, so, so regardless of the fact, I really feel like um, these individuals shouldn't be, um, I wouldn't say shouldn't be allowed. You should be allowed to, to voice how you feel. Um, just when, you, when that happened, it has repercussions to it. You see, like when, when you say certain things about certain communities, you get canceled now, at least in the United States. Over there, uh, it should be considered a hate crime. You know, um, you have Asians in the United States getting attacked right now because um, everybody feel like, not nah, not everybody, a lot of individuals feel like Asians are the ones who brought the coronavirus out to the world. And um, even though it started in, in Asia, um, I don't think that every Asian are bad. No, you know, uh, when it comes to, but they passed a law for that hate crime. Look, me and Marcus could, could have to deal with hate crime I just seen a video the other day and a police officer, you know, uh, was, was um, some individuals have bought some, some things from Target and um, they had their receipt and everything like that. And a police officer was trying to antagonize the, the employee of the job to say that they didn't buy what they bought, even though they had receipts for it. That's a form of racism for me. And when it comes to the sport that we're talking about soccer right now, you have some individual African descent, uh, they're saying go back to Nigeria or go back to Africa. That's because they know that's where we're from. We're like, even though I'm American, I'm African. Right. Even though I'm Haitian, I'm African. And this is what they see. They, they're telling you exactly what you need to know. All this false reality thinking that people are, are different now, no. You know, you got parents that teach their kids to be racist, to teach their kids to be violent, to teach their kids to, to move in a certain way. We don't. But but again, at the end of the day, like that's not going to change things. I really feel like sometimes we still need to get a little kick in the pants and get reminded that racism is not gone. It's here to stay. You know, yeah. same thing like corruption. Yeah. Corruption is not gone. It's here to stay because you have some rational people and some positive people and you have some people detrimental to the society that we live in, in your country, my country. It's just what it is. It's unfortunate that it still happens, but 
look, maybe if somebody was racist and they got punched in the face for being racist to that person and nothing happens to, to that person that punched them in the face, then people will probably stop being racist. Again, violence with violence normally doesn't change thing. It just brings more violence. But like Mike Tyson said a few, few times, you have individuals that when we got social media, they're brave on social media because they know they're not gonna get punched in the face. You have people in the soccer world or um, even in, um, in the NBA when they threw something at Russell Westbrook. The only person that I really felt was Ron Artest. You threw a drink on my ass, I'll beat that ass. You feel me? I whooped your ass, you know, and I guarantee that person would never do that again. Or probably not because now it was a lawsuit. You're suing me because I don't whooped your ass for throwing a drink on me. Damn, like you didn't know that you threw a drink on me. Damn, you didn't know that you called me monkey. You didn't call um, throw a banana peel at me and bananas at me. Like, would you do that on these regular streets? No. People right. are brave because society has built this mechanism where you can be racist and do racist things to people. And when those people that's getting abused from the racism fight back, they're the ones that get in trouble. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense for me. Again, you had um, Prince, I think, I don't think it's Prince Harry, but I think his brother was speaking out against that. But look, there was a article not too long ago about your family member being racist. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a mechanism that's why the prince and his wife left. They left the um the the uh the England over there because they're being racist to her. That's why that's why his mom got killed because she was dating someone that was like out of their race. I think he was like African or something, some black descent. I don't know exactly what it was. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that, and they found a way to kill her. Same way, like when it came to him, um, and they had that documentary with, with Oprah, and she's exposing the real. Yeah, look, this is what happens. People gonna smile in your face and say they're not racist, but they're racist. Yeah, look, it is what it is. Don't they know that they're gonna lose endorsements? They know that people gonna turn their back on them. So this is what you seen with the guy from, like I said, from the Clippers, when his true colors came out. The NBA forced them to sell a team. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. That, that's the, it's and I'm pretty sure Mark is not mad at this because we live with this every day. We can't we can't wake up and, and, and be like, oh, I want to be white. And the no. sad, part, sad part is that we used to it, you know. It's like yeah. it is what it is, you know. Uh, ever since we've been, you know, just living out here in this world, we've been taught about slavery and like what what happened, and then we see it in real life of of the racist things that happened, maybe personally to us or family members or you know just people in in our community. So it, it's just something. It's a never ending thing, and it's a constant remind reminder. And I mean, I I don't really I don't really like to see this type of news, but yeah, it's 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 better to know the reality than to have some kind of wool uh, pulled before our eyes. But um, big story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the flying dog and everything. <laughs> but uh but yeah man um I'll transition to just uh international soccer. I just want to say congratulations to Messi for winning his winning his first international tournament. 
He beat mm-hmm. Brazil. They beat Brazil one nil. It, it, it was it was great to see. As soon as the the final whistle blew, he fell down to his knees because he knows how important it was for him to you know because obviously when he's done playing at Barcelona in Spain, he's gonna come back to Argentina and with where his home is at. So he wants to, you know, have that feeling of like, hey, I, I at least I brought at least one championship to y'all. So yeah, congratulations to Messi. I he's a he's a player that I've always thought was just one of the greatest players just to play. Um, he's just he's just a gifted uh, player. There, there's some players who are just you could tell like this is what you were born to do, you know. And then there's other players that train very very hard to become great you know and i think you know that's kind of like for example this may be a bad example but i think a a player like like steve nash i think he's like he was born to play basketball for me because he was just he's gifted in that and you know steph curry too like i think you were just you were born to play this game but i think there's other players who trained to become great. Like a Cristiano Ronaldo to me, I think he became this great player. I think LeBron became trained to become this great player. Of course, you know, you were blessed with the physical gifts, but Messi wasn't. Steph wasn't. You know, Steve Nash, they weren't blessed with these physical gifts. They're pretty much kind of for their sport, small people. Uh, So they are just wizards at what they do. So I'm happy for Messi for winning that tournament. Uh, yeah. yeah, anything you want to say on that? No, nah, you know, I was happy that he won also. And I'm like, I remember when y'all was teaching me about soccer, you know, the rules and certain things like that. And then before we actually recorded the podcast, you kind of explained to me, you know, like, you know, people throw dirt on his name because he didn't win. And, right. and, and, and that this was really important to him. Um, and for him to actually win that, for him to get that monkey off his back, same like LeBron, when LeBron was getting criticized all them years, and then he finally won the championship with the Miami Heat, you yeah. know, that monkey was off his back. And piggybacking off what you were saying, some people are born to do it, and some people actually train to actually do it, as far as MJ. M- MJ was born to do it, and going back to what you were saying, LeBron, he trained to be great, you know? He had the, the phys- physical abilities, he had the IQ, but his shot got a little better. He When he came in the league, he really couldn't shoot like that. That's why he got swept by the Spurs the first time when he made it to the championship. And for him, his mid-range game went went, went up. His, his um, three-point shot went up. And even now, I think that considered one of the best individuals at the last few seconds in the game to, to hit a game-winning shot before he wasn't. You know, before, you know, Skip and all these other individuals that want to throw um, dirt on his name, use that as a platform to throw him under the bus. So to see Ronaldo actually win, you know, um, not Ronaldo, Messi, excuse yeah. me, um, for, for, for Messi to actually win, it, it, it felt good. Even though I don't really watch a sport like that, um, you know, you always want to see people achieve um, and overcome obstacles and achieve certain goals. And you 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 love to see people stop talking shit about people, you know. Um, like it's not like the regular Joe Smoke can do what he do. I know I can't. I can't run for ninety. What? How long did they be running for? Like two hours? Nine ninety minutes. Okay, ninety minutes. You know, I can't run ninety minutes back and forth, back and forth without throwing up. Look, I remember when. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I ran for a little while because it was like a um a relay race or whatever it is, and my stomach started hurting and you yeah, throw that's, up. And that's that's so funny you say that, man. Yesterday, for the first time in like a long time, I, I just said, I'm gonna go run, bro. So I ran la yesterday. So I ran like there's this little elementary school around around my house here. So I just ran around the elementary school and I almost was dying, kid. And right now my legs are sore. Yes. Like, man, so like it, it just gives me more, uh, uh, it gives me, makes me want to just praise these athletes even more because I mean, come on, man. Like for what they do, especially the guys that are my age, like a guy like Messi, who's like out around our age, a guy like LeBron, who's our, who's our age, close to our age right now and still doing it on that level. Look at Shannon Sharp. You deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> like look at Shannon Sharp. Like I look at Shannon Sharp. I'm like the the guy's damn near 50 years old, still looking like a beast. You feel me? Like yo. And but again, that all comes from you know um, a, a lifestyle. When you when you have that lifestyle, um, you know you 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 look better, you feel better. You know, and you're able to do a lot of things that other individuals aren't able to do because you know they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. And he's like, I don't even want none of the cake, you know. So, so, hey, it, it definitely was a good thing to see Messi actually win. Um, but again, um, another topic that that I think is a great topic that we can actually talk about is the Richard Sherman situation, huh? I think we should talk about your background, man. What, what's going on in your background over there? You got you got Dane, you got Bam. Like, what, what what's the conversation you try you trying to start there, man? Well. <laughs> You know, everybody got a dream, and this is one of the dreams that I hope come true. But I have good things and bad things to say about that. Um, from what I heard, um, you know, Damian Lillard actually requested for a trade. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but, you know, on my Yahoo Sports, that's what popped up on my Google. And I was like, what? And then they had him in the Miami Heat uniform. They said, you know, he have a top team. You got the Lakers. You got Miami Heat. You got Golden State. Um, and you got the New York Knicks. Now, everybody know that nobody want to go to the um, Knickerbockers. And Miami Heat, you know, we got the beaches, we got the women, we got the weather. You know, we have a, a, a government that is not forcing a vaccine on you like other states. Um, so, and we have no state tax. So for him to even must put the Miami Heat in that actual breath was like refreshing for me early in the morning. But there's always some negatives to it, you know, because he has to get traded. And if we trade him, we'll basically have to trade everybody that we really love in Miami to actually get him. That's the only reason why I'm like, this deal is not going to happen. Um, and the only reason why I feel like I do not want that deal, because I don't want to have to, you know, trade everybody. He wants to come to Miami because we have a great team. We have a great organization. Um, he really wouldn't have to do much. Um, to get where he want to get to. So if we wind up trading like a plethora of our players, it's going to be detrimental to the heat. Now, again, I want Kawhi. I've been saying that for the longest. He doesn't like the medical staff at the Clippers. He doesn't like the medical staff at, at the, uh, the, the Spurs. And you know what he did with the Spurs. So if he's having a problem with the staff, you've seen how he was in the stands, not being with his team during playoffs. That's the individual that I want. Again, I put this background up here because, again, it's a dream, a dream that I want to happen. But 
it's a dream that I want to happen that I don't want to wake up to because if it really happened and we actually trade everybody to get him, I'm kind of going to be a little pissed off because Jimmy Butler, even though I love him, he is not a great shooter. You know, he has everything else um, around him, you know, to make him a, 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 a better player. But his shot, he's been in a league a while and his shot is decent but it's not great Damon Lillard on the other hand is like yo like give me the money show me the money you know um just like Jerry Maguire show me the money he's gonna show you the money that's why his name is Dame Dollar so you know I mean I totally agree I mean as soon as I seen it I was like yo is this something going on because I actually seen something today too that he said like in the uh because he's on he's on the uh international team he's on the USA uh basketball team that's going to the Olympics uh that he was asked uh do do you basically do you want to stay in Portland and he was like well you know something's got to change and I, and in my opinion, uh, it's got to be the coach. And I was like, whoa, he, he came out and just said it just like that. And Dame usually, you know, keeps stuff under the radar. He doesn't really say stuff out loud. So I, I think Dame definitely wants out because if he says something like that in, you know, in a press conference, this is just a press conference. They asking questions. Of course, a journalist like myself, we're going to ask a question to try to get, you know, the most uh, you know, uh, controversial answer, I guess. And he answered it. Usually they'll, usually they'll, you know, uh, they won't reveal the, their, their true truth because, you know, they don't want to be fined or they don't, they don't want to start any rumors, any, anything like that. But Dame is like, F it, you know, this is, this is not the, the situation that I, that I want to be in right now. So, now that that kind of raises eyebrows. Uh, that's going to raise eyebrows all around the league. You know, Pat Riley is on the on the phone right now to see what what they can do to make that happen. Because to me, Dame is he's. I mean, he's he's he's. I could say he's my favorite player in the league. Him and and I would say Steph. You know, but I think Dame has more of this swagger about him that I like. You know. Um, and, and he's a rapper. He's a pretty decent rapper. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see Dame, I would love to see Dame in a uniform. And right now, since you got Bam and Dame up there, they are playing together right now in uh, international play. Now, a big topic this week was they lost to Nigeria, who actually has um, two Heat players on it, by the way. <laughs> um, three, they, three. Got, uh, huh? they have. I think they have three players. Well, not from the heat. They got another player, Okafor, who plays for OKC, I think, who who plays in the NBA, but he doesn't play for us. But they got the the I forgot the young boy with the fro and the braid. Vincent. 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 And uh and then Achua is over there playing for Nigeria and they beat the USA team. I'm talking about a loaded USA team. And I know you saw that block that Achua had on KD. I know yep. you've seen it. <laughs> and, and it was nice. And then they went around, they they messed around and lose, lost to Australia. So I was like, damn, what's going on? But you know, the next game they play Argentina. And then Dame, Dame wakes up and Bam has a great game as well, you know, with some assists, you know. Um, so maybe, you know, that chemistry over there where they playing over there in Vegas, training for the Olympics, is something that we can you know, foresee as a future, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, joining of, uh, of teammates. Because remember, this is how the big three started. The big three started this way because LeBron and Bosch and Wade all mm-hmm. played together in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. They were called the Redeem Team because mm-hmm. they kind of restored the greatness of USA basketball. And they were like, damn, we playing so good together. Let's make this a real team over here in the, in the States. And that's what happened. And we go to four straight finals, win two championships. So this could be something that happens again. I'm not trying to get the Heat fan all excited, but, you know, just looking at it, you know, I'm just like, hmm, that, that, that could be something. Because if we got Dame and we got Bam, you know, Bam is still relatively young. I feel, I, I feel like he could still develop, um, you know, even better than he was last year. I think he developed a lot from, from the year before. To, to the year that just passed, but I think he can get even better. And if he has a player like Dame, and if Jimmy Butler has a player like Dame on his squad, you know what, what that opens up for him? Now he could just drive in the lane like, like nothing, kick it out, Dame is open, and Dame can drive, and this is going to be crazy. It's going to be a big three all over again. So, yeah, I hope just like the USA got things right, in that game against Argentina because they ended up blowing out, floating them out by like 25 or 30 or something like that. I think I could see us, you know, really rejuvenating our, our squad with, with, a, with a player like Dame. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I, I would love, like I said, I would love to see Dame here is just, you know, giving up so much to actually get him. But of course we got the Godfather and Pat Riley. He always find ways to get it done. And if we're able to get it done with, without having to trade everyone, then, you know, I, I'll definitely accept it. You know, we do know that Jimmy Butler, he won, a, won an extension. Bam's getting paid a certain amount of money. And Dame will have to pick up his contract, you know, because he is still under contract. Um, hopefully the money, it works, you know. Uh, but again, like I said, you know, I wouldn't mind Kawhi, even though he just had his surgery. Uh, I would rather keep him because he had a surgery. He had a surgery. We could go ahead and try to lowball him a little bit, <laughs> yeah. you know, lowball him a little bit, get him over here and be like, yo, you know, like you could come over here with, with Jimmy Butler and, and, and bam, and we don't have to give up no one to actually, um, pick, pick you up. Um, pressure's Yeshua. Um, like I said, um, I seen that block, like you related to leaded to earlier, um, and you got Vincent, everybody was just giving him the ball, feeding him the ball to rain them threes uh, on the actual, um, um, our Olympic team. But, you know, the crazy thing is, like, I, I really haven't even seen all those Olympic games. I ain't haven't seen one. I've seen highlights. And that's another thing. You feel I me? It's just true. Huh? I haven't seen them either. But, again, it's going back to what I was, what we were speaking on with, with Shikari when people, like, we love basketball. Like, we love it. You know, look what we're talking about. We we're always going to talk about the Miami Heat, but we're 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 one of these individuals that love basketball, and we're yet to see a um, Olympic game in regards to basketball. So when those individuals said that they're they're not wanting to watch because you're not racing, racing, look, same thing. But um, Dame in Miami would be great. That's a dream. Um, hopefully, he doesn't go to the damn. I'm Lakers, and if he do, I don't mind the Lakers than the Knicks because I don't want to have to play Dame in the fucking East. Uh, like, and you know, we have our history, the Heat in Miami when, when, when you know, the fighting 
with 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 um grandmama and 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 um if individuals don't know who's grandmama that's larry johnson and um alonzo morning and pj brown and you know like um jamal mashburn we always wanted to fight over there so i do not want you guys especially you finally made the playoffs you got a good coach in tom thibodeau um He's really defensive orientated. I think Dame got a good defense, you know, and he definitely got a a great offense. I wouldn't want to see you four yeah. times of the year in the East. Yeah, like, like look, 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 LeBron left. We don't want y'all here. We already got to deal with KD. We got already got to deal with KD, Harden, and and Irvin. I do not want to see uh, um Dame in the East unless he's in Miami. But yeah. hey, it is what it is. Hey, uh, since we're talking basketball, we might as well talk NBA Finals. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of the NBA Finals this week, but um, I actually saw my first full game of the NBA Finals, which was the last one, game four. Um, it was disappointing to see Chris Paul pay, play as bad as he did. Devin Booker showed up, um, but Chris Paul played terrible. But the main point I want to get across in these NBA just the NBA finals period is like the refs, bro. The refs are trash. Oh, you tell, yo, I'm, did you see it? First of all, did you see it? The, the, the finals, the, the game four? Yeah, I definitely seen it. And I seen that Booker was supposed to get fouled out. And then that's and what it, I wanted it. to talk about. I'm just like, what the hell did I understand? Like, I understand he has what four, uh, he had uh, 5,000. You don't want him out of the game, but like there was no, there's no way in hell that you don't call a foul. I like when I was watching it, I was like, is there something wrong with my audio? Did I not hear the whistle? Because like that doesn't make no sense to me at all. The fact that they didn't call a foul there, man. Like, like there was just so many egregious calls. And then there was there was one time where um towards the end of the game where Jay Crowder had a clean block. And they called the foul. I know you've yep. seen that too. I was just like, come on, man. Like the, the it's for, for people who want to f- believe that this game is real, they just totally told you, oh, well, this game is rigged. And we want yeah, this game is rigged. And you know, um, they they're going to create whatever champion they want to create, or they're gonna extend it to game seven or something like that. I mean, now it's two-two. We're going to game five. So basically we got a three game series with Phoenix with the home court advantage. I, it's just, I don't know, man. I left, I left that game feeling like, what did I just watch? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, because that the, the refs calls were just so egregious to me. And I just felt like it wasn't fair. And if you're going to have replay, use replay for bad calls as well. You know, if there's a bad call that the refs make, then say, hey, we looked at the call and we realized the call was a bad call. You know, like, come on. Like, if there's an obvious error, and they do this in soccer now, like, if there's an obvious error and they feel like the ref has did a bad call, then they'll reverse the play. They need to do that in basketball. And I was just disappointed in the refs and disappointed in Chris Paul in that game. But it's 2-2. And we'll, we'll we'll see what happens in the next three games. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed also, but you know who I'm gonna blame. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna blame LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. Because as soon as as soon as Chris Paul won those two games, 
you got uh, um, LeBron and Dwayne Wade congratulating him like he won, you know, and putting all this pressure on him. Like, yo, like, the, 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 and not just that, but you putting fire under Milwaukee's butt, making this seem like we're here and we're not here. We're, we're just going to lose. And and it's just unfortunate, like I say, um, I know you probably, when you said, when I when I said LeBron James, like, what? Yeah, like, yo, shut up, LeBron. Like, let your dog play and, and don't congratulate him until it's over and he actually do get the ring. Because it doesn't make any sense for, for, for LeBron and Dwayne Wade to speak on something that's actually happening. Again, when it comes to the referees, the referees are trash, like you said. You know, Chris Paul said 11, 11. He said 11. And every time this one referee, I don't remember his name, refereed Chris Paul, he hadn't gotten into it with Chris Paul, but 11 straight games, 11 straight losses when it came to Chris Paul, you know? So Mike Donahue, again, the, the, the former referee that wind up saying that it is rigged, you went to jail behind it, and people try to forget what he actually said. And if you think that it was just him, it was not him. It's just like that old guy that retired. Um, and every time it was a finals or anything like that, uh, I think Crawford, something Crawford, he was a, like people say he's a great, he's a great um, referee. And I thought he was a horrible referee. I thought that he always missed certain calls. And me personally, when you get a certain age, I think you should stop uh, refereeing the game because, you know, it, it's, it's moving a little fast for you. When it comes to referees that always blow calls, I think after blowing a certain amount of calls, then you lose your job. You know, I yeah. think that's what, what, what would be the, 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 the repercussion of these um referees blowing calls and changing the game because the game is in your hand i just doesn't i just don't like it um as far as chris paul um poo-pooing that last game you know whole bunch of turnovers uh and even that turnover that he had in the in the end of the game that actually sealed it off i just was like really i'm like yo like really like is this really what's happening i'm like i really watched the whole damn game my wife then didn't bother me you know, um, baby was fed, was sleep. So I'm like, perfect, perfect time to watch this game. And I wasted, uh, like, I wasted a, a, a day or wasted a few hours watching that game because That's you had the win. You had the win. You was winning. You had uh, nine-point leads, 12-point leads, and you find a way to lose the game. And regardless of the referee, I wasn't making shots. Chris Cohen like, yo, I'm like, if your shot ain't dropping, then what you think you need to be doing? Driving to the actual rim. But I understand Chris Paul. Every time I drive and they call me, they don't call foul. Every time. So I think that really is getting into their brain and into their uh, mental and um, having a problem. But I really do feel like the Phoenix Suns will still win. But remember, like I told you, before I do not mind Milwaukee winning because the Miami Heat lost to LeBron James, the champions last year. So it, it, I, I don't really feel some type of way. And we got swept by Milwaukee. And if they win, it, it, I won't feel some type of way again because I'm like, look, we lost to the champs. Same thing like mm -hmm. with the with the actual Panthers. We right. lost to the champs. I okay. won't care. It would just be more 
for me to talk shit to everybody else that don't <laughs> like the Heat and don't like our sport teams, I'll be like, look, yep. we lost to the champions. So, like, you lost to somebody else. Like, hey, <laughs> it, it is. I, I wouldn't mind losing to the champions. Yeah. We didn't know they were going to be champions, but they are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a seven-game series, though. I, I think it's, it's I think the Suns are still going to win, but I think it's going to be a seven-game series now because of what I saw with the refs. I'm just like, come on, man. Y'all y'all want this uh, series extended. The, the, to me, there's no explanation, but y'all want this series extended to seven games. So I think Suns win next game, Bucks win next game after that, and then the Suns find a way to win at home in game seven. Exactly, exactly. So that's going to go ahead and transition us to the next topic that I wanted to chime in on uh, was the Richard Sherman uh, video. Yeah. Not just, not just allegations, video of him banging down his um, in-laws um, front door. I think he was trying to get into it with his uh, father-in-law. Um, from what I'm understanding is um, he was intoxicated, yeah. which that, of course, that's going to play a factor. Um, and I also hear that he was feeling some type of way, basically, because he was not being able to see his kids. But mm-hmm. his, from what I understand is the father-in-law was not going to give you the kids just from how you was acting at that particular moment. Um, and it's kind of understandable. You're intoxicated. You're bringing down the door. You're breaking down the door. Um, trying to break down the door. Thank God, you know, they got a little money. They probably had the hurricane impact doors. The ones that don't, <laughs> the ones that open out and not open in, um, to your house. Uh, it, it was kind of disheartening for me to see that because we, we do know that he's a very intelligent individual, someone that yeah graduated from Stanford and, yeah. um, when it comes to politics, when it comes to right and wrong, he normally give us a rational um, yeah. conversation or a rational debate on what, whatever topic that he're, he's talking about at that particular time. But to see him not is just not only allegations, but to see him physically doing that, um, it just was kind of disappointing to see that because I know that he's going to have to deal with that. You know, his yeah. image is tainted. Um, not just that, but I do kind of like the way his family is still sticking uh, with him at this particular time. They're saying that it's something mental. I really don't think that was anything mental. I really think that it, it just was he was intoxicated and um, he was aggravated. You know, you got to understand when you indulge in any type of um, drug and alcohol is a drug also. Um, is going to distort the way you think rationally. And this is a rational individual. Like this guy, um, haven't ha- heard anything negative about him since he's been in the league before he was in the league. Yeah. And to actually see this, thank God his um, father-in-law didn't open the door because like if somebody's not breaking, trying to break down my damn door, you know, like I'm going to go outside and we going we gonna to thump, you know? And if I have a, a firearm on me, we pro- I'm probably going to have to bring that into the situation also because you do got to understand that he's a football player and even though he looks normal, they're normally bigger than the average guy. So oh, yeah. I could assume that he probably would have been able to overpower the stepfather, not stepfather, but the in-law 
but for his wife to say that she's gonna stick with him, um, that that's a down, that's a down um, chick. You feel me? When it comes to the Ray Rice situation, his wife wind up seeing the light after the fact, after the the um, the the damage was already done, and for for this situation. Thank God they didn't open the door. Thank God it was just him banging on the door. Um, and the crazy thing is the district attorney, they released him on his own recognizance. So meaning that he didn't have to bond out. He didn't have to do the the, the loops um, in, in the justice system to, to be a free man. Um, I, I, I think his, his, his uh, name speaks for himself. And I do really feel like um, them saying that it was mental is a way to say he was not drunk for me, particularly, you know, um, Hey, if I, if I could go ahead and say I had a mental problem, knowing that I could get off on certain charges, but my family and friends know that I don't have no problems mentally. then that's what I'm going to go ahead and do. You know, I don't blame him for doing that. Um, of course he done came out, came out and apologized. Of course, the individuals that that he was actually going to attack or, you know, causing this problem, which, which was family members. They're with him on, on, um, till this day, they're sticking with him. Um, so for me, I got to stick with him too. I got to give him the benefit of the doubt because if your family's giving you the benefit of the doubt and this is not your mom, this is your in-laws, you know, like people don't normally have the best relationship with in-laws. I'm happy I got a relationship and great relationship with my in-laws for them to actually um, still keep that relationship knowing that this is what happened I commend them you know and that's what what, what you actually got to do you don't bring someone down when you know that he's not really in his right mind you know you got to stick with these people and when it comes to marriage you know it's thick and thin you know me I'm married Marcus is married when we when we took that oath under God, you know, it's thick and thin. You know, if anything was to happen to myself, my um, 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 physically, mentally, emotionally, my wife, you know, she took that oath to help bring me back to where I need to be. And, you know, again, when it comes to, 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 to um, age-wise, father time is undefeated, I'm not going to look the same. I, you know, right now, I'm, I'm actually, I think I'm a, a catch right now, you know, but you know, I'm going to get older, you know, I'm not going to look the same. My wife, same thing. And, and, you know, when it comes to thick and thin, it means when you're old, when you're young, when you have no money, that means when you're sick. So for them to stick with him, I love it. I love to see it. And hopefully the NFL don't, don't do nothing crazy because I didn't like the way they did Antonio Brown. They didn't give him no due process. He, he, he missed like 14 months without pay even though we know that he has something mentally with him. That was mental with, with Antonio Brown, you know, because once he got hit in the head by, by that, that, that linebacker that, that had a history for doing that, you know, you seen that he wind up having troubles in his personal life and with the team. So uh, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman, get well, um, you know, and I, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Same way I'm going to give Drake the benefit of the doubt when it comes to that dime. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. I mean, it was surprising to me to kind of see this news come out about Richard Sherman, because like you said, I mean, he's from the hood. As far as I know, he's from Compton. But for a, a dude like him to come out of the hood and go to a place like Stanford 
and graduate and you know uh and you know he was also an executive I, I believe for the nfl players association as well so he's obviously somebody who people trusted to be their spokesperson uh in in situations so it was it's unfortunate to kind of see that see it but like to be honest these things happen though like if there wasn't a camera on that situation, this situation probably wouldn't be as bad. And situations like this happen with in-laws, happen with your, you know, significant others or other family members, brothers, sisters, you know, there's, there's always some kind of fam family conflict. No family is perfect. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this happened, you know, it was just disappointing that it came out into the news, I think, you know, um, it, it came out into the news and, and it, it is going to be a, a scar on his career or it's going to tarnish his image most definitely. But, you know, I don't look at him any different. You know, I, I'm like, you, you know, you went through a situation, you, you were just mad and you banged on the door. Okay. So you didn't hurt anybody, you know, mm -hmm. you didn't really commit any crimes. Did really, you know, it's not like you broke, you didn't break into the house and like, you know, if you broke into the house, yeah, that's a charge. If you physically hurt somebody, yeah, that's a charge. If you pulled a weapon on somebody, that's a charge. But I think that's what the judge saw. I think the judge saw like, okay, well, he, it's, it sounded like, you know, you had some kind of situation, you were hot about a situation, and but nothing really happened. The police came or whatever, they, they booked you because you probably were disturbing the peace. If there was any charge, that's probably the only charge he was going to get. Um, and, you know, given his track record, I think that's why he was kind of let go with, with no bail or whatnot. The question I pose is what is the NFL going, going to do? Because the NFL, what happened? He's a free agent too. Yeah. He's free agent. He's at the end of his career and let's, let's not discount how great of a player Richard Sherman was for a good five years. He was the best corner in the league. Like to me, by far, he was a mm -hmm. lockdown corner. He was the best corner on one of the best defenses in Seattle for like a good five years. And you know, yeah, now he tore he tore his Achilles, I, be, I believe it was, and people thought his his uh his career was over. And then he came back, played for San Francisco, and had a really solid year. It wasn't as good as the previous years, but it was still a solid year it wasn't like yo you you need to get out of the league now he's a free agent so now i'm asking like what what team is going to take a risk on him even to, even though even though to me it's not really a risk risk you know because yeah you just had some kind of you know some kind of quarrel with your family you know whatever it's not a huge risk to me it's not like you beat a woman down it's not like you pull the firearm out um, and I, I think he should be given another chance by a team. So I, yeah, why not? Why not? Because you know, what, what kind of situation are we going through right now? We're going exactly. through a situation right now where Xavier Howard wants more money and it seems like he is willing to go somewhere and we are willing to trade him. So I think that is going to be probably a win-win situation for us anyway, because mm -hmm because we'll end up getting probably maybe two second round picks or something like that and a player or something like that. 
I don't know what we'll get, but we're going to, I'm sure we're going to get something good back, you know? And Xavier Howard, as we know, is injury prone. So my guess is, is that he probably might get injured again. So we probably will look back at it if we trade him uh, and say, hey, this was a good deal. But if Richard Sherman wants to come to, to the MIA, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll invite you down here, you know, because, it, you know, uh, the taxes are much cheaper than California, bro. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know the, the price of living is, is a lot cheaper and it's a lot more, um, a lot more, uh, 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 California was one of the first states, well, one of the last states, I mean, to really become off a of lockdown. There's some high school football players that didn't play at all last season in California. But down here, we played. We didn't play a lot, but we played, <laughs> you know. So, you know, Florida might be the destination of Richard Sherman. So I just want to see how soon is he going to get another chance and what is the NFL really going to do to him? And are they going to take his position away in the players' union because of this situation? I really think that, you know, there was no harm done. So I don't think that they should even go that route. You know, because again, it's not the NFL that appoint him; it's the players that appoint him. You know, right. so I, I think that the rest of the players will understand. You know that you know this is what happens. Like nobody's perfect, like you said. Um, as far as with the Miami Dolphins, like I wouldn't mind him coming to Miami. You know, and and give um um Iggy um our 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 second year corner um some some more guidance. You know, on top of Byron Jones um and and we could go ahead and get rid of. Um, Xavier Howard, you know, um, like I said, I love loyalty and my loyalty stands with the Miami Dolphins because I understand you need that money. You want that money because NFL mean not for long, but we stood with you when you went through that domestic violence. We stuck with you when you was injured for practically the whole year. and We still paid you that money. So at least give us that benefit of the doubt um, as well. You know, um, in regards to uh, being traded, I heard some rumblings about the the Cleveland Browns wanting to trade for him. Uh, they were saying something about Greedy Williams, the corner um, that, you know, has, a, you know, he's been um, injury prone also, but he's young. Um, he has great upside. He was a, um, I think he was a first round pick also. Uh, I'm not sure how high he was picked. Exactly. So um, I think that that would be a, a, a good move also, but I don't even if, if we're trading for Greedy Williams, I want a first-round pick or a second-round pick also. I don't just want an even swap on um, Greedy Williams. He doesn't have the contract that we gave um, X-Man. And I really think the X-Man, he's really asking for that contract because he know he's injury-prone. He know that um, it was anomaly. And, I, and, yeah, you had 10 interceptions last year, but that was during the COVID year. Like, yo, everybody's team was going through – turmoil as far as people not being uh, people not playing because of the COVID protocol or this and the other so you benefited from that also so I'm not going to pay you on the year where um, you wind up doing a little better yeah again the previous year you had seven interceptions um, last year you had 10 interceptions it went up but I think a few of those was because of everything that everybody was going through and I, I'm going to stand with the Miami Dolphins. If you want another, if you want us to revisit this contract, then do it another year. Do it another year, which is this year. We signed you for four. You got, we got you for another four years, I think. Another four years. So do it this year. If you could do it again, we revisit it, and you got three years left in the contract. We could give you some more signing bonus, this, that, and the other. That's exactly what we did 
um, with this contract. And, and, and we go from there, but to try to hold us hostage, you know, I'm not, I'm not in line for that, especially when we were on your side, when everybody would have probably gave up on you. And, and again, you had the Ray Rice situation. You had other situations, that Antonio Brown situation. When it comes to domestic violence or domestic period, and those teams gave up on them, and we didn't give up on you. So I think that 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 should speak something. You know, I know I know um, Marcus is like, yo, get it when you can, and I understand. I feel you. You know, but but we gave it to you. You know, when you when you was not supposed to get that, and that probably was the reason why you wind up not getting the deal that you did get. But we, we, when we did sign you to that deal, we did make you the highest corner. And look, you're not going to always stay the highest corner because the market in the NFL always goes up. So you can't always be pocket watching, be humble for the money that you got because me and Marcus, we really got to work. We really got to do this thing and the other. And I'm not going to go ahead and just compare us to him because it's different. But again, you got to remember where you came from. And you didn't have much. You people could have you could you could have right now be out the league like Ray Rice, you know, and, and yeah. we stuck with you. So, hey, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. I, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, it's not like I don't agree uh, with your stance, Wes, but I also uh, agree with what he's trying to do, you know, like and if I were him, I would I would end it right here. You know what I'm saying? I've already made my point. You know, but at the same time, I'm I'm going to be humble and and play the season out. I should play the season out because of what you said. There's there's plenty of uh, uh, time left on my contract, and you know if I have what if I have an even better season? You know if I'm ex, if I'm an X man, I'm like okay, you don't want to pay me this year. I'm gonna have an even better season this year, and I'm gonna force you to pay me. You know, but at, at this point, I feel like your point is made. You don't have to keep going with it because now you just seem like a problem. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, you making your point like, hey, I'm not be, I'm, I'm the fifth or sixth best paid uh, corner in the league. Last year, most people think I'm one or two. So your point is made. I get it. I understand it. But at the same time, you know, you are crippling the team. And at the team, because, you know, I'm still home team over anybody <laughs> you know if the team decides to trade you then i'm with that you know i'm with that all all day because if we can get some value for you right now because right now your stock is high because you had such a great season last season and we know you missed a, like a year and a half due to injury so to be honest you're the perfect person to trade because we're gonna get something back people gonna want you and We'll get something back. We'll get some younger pieces. We'll get more assets because we're still a young team. We're still, you know, developing. We're up and coming team. We're not like a, if we were like a Super Bowl team, like if we were like in the AFC championship game last year, then I'll be like, okay, I think we need to keep Xavier Howard because we gonna need him for this season, (laughs) you know, coming up. But, you know, we're not quite there yet. We didn't make the playoffs last year. Let's make the playoffs first, you know, let's try to win the division first. And then, you know, you know, we can start to really think about keeping our, 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 our pieces. But right now, we're still a rebuilding team. We got a young quarterback. We got young playmakers. We got young running backs. You know, we got relatively a young defense. You know, there's no real veterans on that defense, you know, to be honest. 
So let's get some more pieces. Let's get some more young pieces. We got a young coach. You know, we got pretty much a young GM who's who's kind of more innovative in, in, in the players that he's trying to get. So, yeah, I, I totally agree um, on, on trading him um, if, if it comes to that. Like, if you're holding out until, you know, it's about to be week one and you still holding out, come on. Like, <laughs> come on. I know it's still relatively early. We're still in July. We didn't even get to August yet. We didn't play one preseason game yet. But, like, if we get to, you know, like, you know, second preseason game and you're still holding out, then yeah, then we need to trade you because now you're becoming a distraction. And exactly a distraction going into the season. You know, the crazy thing is, you know what I was thinking about? I was like, well, um, you know that um Deshaun Watson is probably not gonna play the whole season. Of course, you know, I'm like, all right, Tua, if you're not good this year. And Xavier Howard, you're being disgruntled. How about at the end of the season, if two of us that don't pan out, we could trade both deal. you guys to the damn Texans in a package deal. Yeah, I that would that. be great. You know, but but you know, everybody got a dream. That's one of my dreams. Hopefully, it come true. Yeah. Um, Keep those prayers. Keep those prayers yeah. up. Huh? <laughs> Keep those prayers up. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man. Um, so uh last thing I had was just um Poirier McGregor, just just uh the aftermath of that fight. I mean, the first round of this fight, this was the trilogy of this fight. McGregor won the first and Poirier won the second. So this was the trilogy, all right. So who's who's gonna win round three? It's just like street fight, round three, let's go, right? <laughs> fight, you know. <laughs> So they, they end up fighting and then fucking McGregor is like throwing kicks like like every other move is, is like a kick, kick to the body, kick to the face, you know? But then Poirier gets him on the ground and is just dogging, you know, just dogging, right? And and the and the first round is pretty much is definitely Poirier won it. And it felt like that's how it was gonna continue, to be honest. But during the fight or right when the round ended. His um, McGregor's ankle was clearly broken. It was nasty. It was like dangling. It was like clearly like a broken ankle. You know, he, you know, he sat down and, and then of course, you know, if you got something like that, they call the fight. You lost. If you can't fight, then you lost. And so McGregor ends up losing the fight before he ends up winning. But after the fight is really what I want to talk about here because McGregor says, one, oh, um, you know, if, if I was, if I was hundred percent, you know, I would want to fight. And then he says that he had broken leg before he started this fight. I'm like, come on now. If you had a broken leg going into this fight, would you be kicking somebody every, every <laughs> second you go try to kick somebody? Come on. Like if I have a broken leg, if I know this, I have a broken leg, I'm going into a fight. You think I'm going to try to keep kicking you? Nah, I'm going to do everything but kick you. I'm going to try to hit you with these hands or, you know, maybe try to choke you. But I'm not trying to kick you. He kicked him like, I want to say, a good seven times. Like, why would you even try to do that? And obviously, if you got a broken leg, that's going to affect other parts of your leg. And then your ankle gets broken. So to me, I think it was just embarrassing for him. This whole thing was embarrassing for him. As, as a fighter 
And I lost if if I had any respect for him, I lost it because I'm just like, come on, man. Like, first of all, you're getting dogged in the first round. You break your ankle. You talk crap saying, oh, if I would have if it was if, if, if my ankle doesn't break, I would have won. And then you say you had a broken leg before the fight that you knew about. Come on, man. I, I think this is it for McGregor. I think he's done. You know, I, I don't think anybody's going to put any respect on his name after this. I mean, before you already was this loud mouth talking, which is okay. I like, I like you know, smack talk, especially in fighting. I, I think it kind of comes hand in hand. But people didn't respect you. A lot of people didn't like you. I, I won't say respect. People didn't like you for talking smack. And then, you know, you get dogged by Khabib and you get dogged by Poirier now twice in a row. Like, come on, man. Like, you need to stop at this point. Like, I think you you can fight, but these championship-level fights, and Poirier is not even a champion. He's, like, maybe the fourth or fifth person in his um, weight class. You cannot be on a big, big stage, like, getting a big ticket like, like you have with Poirier. I don't see that happening anymore. You can be on these other fights. It would be an undercard fight. But I think from now on, McGregor is not going to be like this big uh, headliner uh, in UFC, especially the way he just embarrassed himself last Saturday night. Yeah, I completely agree, you know, but it goes back to what I was saying, you know, when when, when people get the bag, like he, saw, he got $100 million off the, the Mayweather fight. Like, why are you still fighting? Like, <laughs> like yo, like, it's just like uh, Muhammad Ali. It's like you seen what what continuing fighting got him, and and I think once you get that bag, people feel comfortable. People don't train as much. People are you know just living a different lifestyle because they didn't have that passion still under them. And I think that's exactly what happened with with um, McGregor. I think that his name speaks for itself. His name is basically what got. Uh, you know, Poirier, that, that actual fight. And Poirier, Poirier is good, too. He's, like, one of the uh, greatest fighters in UFC history as well. But, you know, his name doesn't ring like McGregor. Right. So I think they only had that trilogy because there was no one else to actually bring that 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 bag like McGregor would have fought. And, and I lost respect for Mayweather the last fight when he was basically hugging and embracing the guy and saying nothing but good things and you lost. That's not Mayweather. That's not McGregor for me. It's just like seeing Mayweather do something like that. Like, this is like, that's out of your character. Like you, like, it's like when, when, when Mike Tyson fought Lennox Lewis and he was on the presence, he was not saying Mike Tyson, same thing like McGregor. You're not the same McGregor, not because of drugs or anything like that. The presence was because you got the bag. You know, and that, that's one of the reasons why I want to give X-Men more money as well. Because once people get that money, that passion that they once had is gone. You already made it. So as far as the fight, for him saying that he actually fractured, well, they said, he said it was fractured before the actual fight, but piggybacking off what you said, like, if I know that my leg is fractured, why would I keep kicking? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. You said that he was kicking in the in, in the torso, kicking in the face and doing all type of things like that before he was still winning, you know, um, especially when he took him to the ground. So, yeah, 
I really think that it was just a money, another money grab for um, McGregor. Um, again, you have individuals like Silva that once dominated UFC and he fell also um, because not because of, of him just being um, not, not that same person is because it's father time. Father time is undefeated. And when some people get you at a certain age, like I expect you to actually lose. So if we talk about McGregor in his prime, that's a different story. If you talk about Mike Tyson in his prime, that's a different story. Silver in his prime, different story. MJ in his prime, different story. I'm not gonna go ahead and, 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 and throw dirt on his name. Um, again, I'm gonna use what you say um, Marcus, if you if you can get the bag, get the bag. Yeah. Even if uh, your legacy get tainted a little bit. But going back to what I'm saying, like people are gonna be like, no, McGregor in his prime, nobody could beat him. That's what people are gonna go ahead and look at. They're not gonna look at these last few fights like Silva, like Tyson, and all these other individuals that didn't pan out in the end of their career like that, fighting these younger guys or fighting guys that still um, didn't get the bag like you got. So for me, it is what it is. I expect him, I mean, I expect people to lose like that to try to give some type of smoke screen to make people have that doubt like, nah, it's because his leg was broken, you know? Yeah. Or because of this or because of that. Hey, it is what it is, get the bag. You still got the bag, even though you lost. And I don't I don't think that that losing that fight uh, really did too much um, damage to your legacy because it's not like he got knocked out like you broke your own ankle. Yeah. You know, like you broke it on your own. So, hey, it is what it is. Um, and, and hopefully you can make a comeback. Hopefully you can make a comeback, but not a comeback in the ring. I would be one of these trainers um, like Rampage Jackson and all these other individuals um, that just train these younger guys. And, and and keep it moving like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other one other UFC thing um, or boxing thing I wanted to say is that you know uh, Jake Paul is gonna fight uh, Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley is like the UFC fighter, but uh, he he's he was great in his time. He he's kind of past his prime, you could say. But he's gonna fight one of the Paul brothers. I'm not actually sure which. I think it's Jake Paul, not uh, Logan Paul, but. Um, they they decide they made a bet saying that whoever loses is gonna get their name tatted on each other. You see oh. that? No. <laughs> yeah, no. they say whoever loses is gonna get their name tatted on it on on that person. I was like, okay, so it, it's just it's just a another fun thing to look forward to. I think that fight's like even a month or two months or something like that. But that's something to look forward to. And I mean, I, I, see, I think I really about, murder, but we'll see. I seen something about um them saying that uh one of the Logan brothers brothers had called out the game and said I'll knock you out or you know let's oh, fight yeah. charity or something <laughs> like that. I don't know which one it is, um but but I would love I to see Jake that. Paul. You yeah. know, Jake Paul like to see him knock out the game because I remember when I seen the game he had got into it and beat up somebody. I forgot who it was. They caught it on videotape and stuff like that. For, for That would be a major blow to the game. He already lost cool points for putting that butterfly on his face, you know, and doing all type of other things. But to lose to him, 
Yo, it would be it would be it would be great for me to see because I don't really like the game too much. Uh, he'd be running his mouth a little bit, so hey, I'd yeah. love to see that fight too. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see that too. And I didn't really like him as a as a rapper too much either. You know, um, I think he was kind of piggyback off of G Unit too, just to get famous. To be yeah. honest, um, but yeah, that that would be the next uh, celebrity type fight that I, I'd love to see. So Snoop Dogg, let, let's make that happen. Let's get the game. And Jake Paul in, in, in the ring. So uh, we got like about about five minutes left. Anything else? Anything else right now? Not really. Um, yeah. You know, it's been, it's, been it boring, it's been kind of a boring um, off season because the playoffs is not. It doesn't draw too much. You know, the the Mayweather fight. Yeah, we watched it, but it was not the greatest fight in the world. Um, so can't really say too much. Hopefully, hopefully, um, this finals is done and we could talk about nothing but football and, and move on from there. Anything from, from college football on your stance? Uh, not really, man. Uh, they are having ACC media days coming up soon. Um, they're going to be sending Bubba Bolden, Mike Carley and Derek King as the representatives for the Hurricanes. Uh, that's in Charlotte. Um, and so that, that's, that's kind of like the first inkling of that football season is going to start. So I'm, I'm excited for football season and, and, you know, people are starting to think that there's a little buzz about the hurricanes actually beating Alabama, which, um, Hey, that that's to me, this sounds very far fetched, but if you look at it, if there's any year that the Canes could beat Alabama, this is the year. Because you got a returning quarterback that's legitimate, although he's coming back from an ACL injury. So, you know, got to factor that in. You got basically three running backs coming back. You got uh, a good receiver transferred over from uh, Oklahoma. And then you got Tyreek Stevenson. I think Tyreek Stevenson, I just want to let you know, he was one of the most covered players out of all players in South Florida. Most of us reporters in South Florida watching Tyreek Stevenson play, play was like, he's the best player in South Florida, bar none, when he played. And he was always juggling Georgia and, and Miami the whole time, Georgia, Miami, Georgia, Miami. So he ends up going to Georgia and it didn't work out in Georgia for whatever reasons. And now he transferred back to Miami. I think that is really the, the addition that's really under the radar. Because what, what was our worst, to me, you know, we talked about this almost every week. What was kind of the worst play from last season? Cornerback, bro. Cornerback. <laughs> you know, like we were always, every week we were talking about how Al Blaze Jr. and DJ Ivy were like getting burnt, you know. So Tyreek Stevenson is, is like they're down here and Tyree Stevenson went. And when I saw both of those, all of the, those three players play in high school, Tyree Stevenson was up here and they were down here. Okay. So I think that's an addition that is kind of under the radar. And then the safety, who was a five-star last year, who was hurt last year, he got hurt before the season, uh, Avante Williams, I think is going to be really good. You, you couple him with Bubba Bolden, you got two probably the best – safeties in the conference then you got Tyree Stevenson you just hope somebody on that other side plays well and the linebackers are a work in progress we always know that 
but everything else is legit, bro. The the kicker, the 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 great kicker that we had, his little brother. I talked to him during the uh, Paradise Camp, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm already I'm already hitting 55 yarders." You know what I'm saying? My legs are getting stronger. He got a tattoo of the U on his leg that he showed me, so you already know he's he's dedicated 100. So there's no reason why they can't be competitive in that game because Alabama's got what new quarterback coming. They got relatively new receivers that are going to be out there. Uh, you got a, a brand new tight end that they're going to have. You know, uh, so Alabama is going to be a, basically a new team, a rebuilding team. And if you watch Alabama's team through the years, like after their championship and they lose a bunch of players, that next year they usually lose two games and they don't, they, they don't be they're, – they're not in the playoff picture. So I think this is one of those years for Alabama. It's one of those rebuilding years. Yeah, they got five stars all the time, all over the place, but they're still young and they don't have that game experience. And that's what Miami has. Miami has a bunch of their offensive line. I've been saying is going to be the best that they've had in fifteen years. You know, saying as far as depth is concerned. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win. <laughs> I don't. I'm not, I'm not gonna win, win, but I'm saying they got a chance. There's a chance. They, as long as, as long as we look good, that's all. I, that's all. All we need is just to look good. Look like we're not, not you know, they're a plus, you know, university, and we're like a D minus. As long as we look like we can hang, then, then you know, that could change the recruiting. And right, like what you're saying, like we have all these individuals. We got one of the deep, deepest safety on cores in the nation. Um, you got you got the old line coming back, and like you said, um, is one of the best in the last 15 years because everybody's came back. Um, the running backs, we got three of them that came back. The Eric King came back. So for me, all you need to do is just look good, and um, if we look good, then that will help the recruiting. Um, you know, most individuals would be like, "Look, Miami's already on the rise. We already have." Um, them being the first individuals to pay their players like that or come out to pay their play they pay on um, payday players we have more in the, um, more things to actually offer we already have two years of, of a better recruiting class with five stars staying here in south florida so um it don't matter if we win or if we lose it's just like if we lose we just gotta lose looking good um of yeah. course you know alabama got all those five star players it would be precedence for the University of Miami to go ahead and beat um, Nick Saban um, with all those five-star players. People would be like, why go to, to Alabama and deal with um, that grump in Nick Saban um, compared to staying in Miami and dealing with a um, better um, coaching staff that, that's, that's more player-friendly and we have the alumni that always come back and show love. So for me, it's a no-brainer. Um, I really do think that um, this game is going to be a good game. Hopefully Miami don't um, wind up falling behind bad because, again, when we played Florida, we looked good. Um, and when we played LSU um, that first game, um, we did look good. Also, we just lost in the end. Nah, so bad, bro. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. LSU, LSU looked terrible. LSU whooped my ass, man. My bad. Yeah. My bad. They look bad, man. That was but, but a bad day. Championship that year, so you know, going back to what I was saying, if we if we lose to the champions, it really doesn't mean anything for me. 
um, it kind of washes away all of the sins. <laughs> but, 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 but again, um, I think that that's all I have for for um, college on um, football right now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a wrap for for us here on the Mark West Sports Podcast. We'll see you next time on the next episode. Peace. Peace.